What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the 27th episode of the Dogs Football Podcast. Here on this Sunday, as you guys know, we usually do these uh, recaps on Monday, but due to circumstances, we are only able to do it today. Here we are again in the studio. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, what's going on, man? We have won our last three games by a combined five points. It has not been pretty, Noah, but we've managed to get the job done. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's uh, the outcome of the game, and those are W's, so uh, uh, they're not pretty, but a win's a win, but we got some things to clean up, so uh, looking forward to this bye week and uh, getting healthy and getting some rest that we know we need and getting some uh, injured players, some maybe getting back, maybe getting Avante back the next week at UNI. Yeah, and we are closer and closer to getting even the likes of Garrett and uh, Bryson Strong back. As we know, we are getting closer and closer to that. You mentioned the bye week. Yes, we are now on a bye week. Couldn't come in a more perfect time, especially riding these wins. We won by a score of 31-28. to 28. But let's talk into before the game, Noah. We barely got there in time. We got there after kickoff, and, you know, and we were – we'll get to this in a second, but how many people were there. It took us a little bit to get uh, – tickets into the game and get our seats the usual spots we would have at the stadium were definitely packed so we had to work our way to, to getting certain tickets and sitting on the far side of the stadium we moved around at the end but no let's get into this crowd when we pulled up you know obviously in the, but i think we we knew it was going to be a packed crowd with the parking lot that we usually park in was almost completely packed we parked in these makeshift spots in that lot so we had a film that's going to be packed walked up saw Tons of people, um, you know, like I said, the lines, the ticket office were, you know, to the, like, super long, mile long, it seemed like. And Noah, we found out at the end, we'll mention it first, because we had our predictions for the attendance, and it definitely showed out for homecoming. 10,644 showed up to this game. That's the best homecoming attendance since 2013, and it is the best home attendance in five years, when we had 11,150 against Murray on September 17, 2016. And we are 6-1 at home since 2014 when attendance is at least or 10,000 or more. So, Noah, we obviously, what was our prediction? It was around the 8,000, 9,000. That's what it kind of was the first two games. But we knew homecoming was going to be a big deal, and it was. We knew right away, and seeing the number, that's big. Yeah, I said it needed to be at least 10,000 to get to that number because not only do we need that, we need that fan base to show out but uh the players deserve it and they uh good to see uh some players come back and bring their families and that we showed out and i believe it's the 13th largest crowd in that saluki stadium's history so pretty cool yeah we mentioned how they've had packed crowds around the last time we made the playoffs and then about obviously when the saluki stadium opened uh but looking at pictures yeah it's packed all around as we remember seeing we like we said we sat on the far side before we moved to the home side because the sun was almost too bright. And 
it was a great day outside. It was really cool. Yeah, you mentioned the former players were there. They, uh, Damon Jones got, and we have not mentioned him. We've we mentioned Mike Cole, who didn't show up. But we have not mentioned Damon Jones, a great tight end in SLU history as well. Did not mention him on the previous one, so we apologize for that. We, we, we know that he had a great career. He got recognized along with other inductees. Deanna Price got a huge induction or a huge uh, ovation. So a lot of stuff went on. Yes, you said former players, one that rings a bell right away. Uh, DJ Davis was at the game, which is great to see guys like that. So, yes, great crowd, and even the tailgating was tremendous as well. We see that, and we remember driving by Noah because we were in Carbondale, or we, we went golfing outside of Carbondale, on what day was that Thursday and we, we drove by the stadium and it looked like definitely there were a lot of tents and Saluki Row was definitely bumping the day we saw some people that we knew were over there as well unfortunately like we said we were working weren't able to even go look at it ourselves but looking at pictures Noah these parking lots are full and lots of tailgating like the good old days yeah Saluki Row was back in full force uh it's great to see uh that's what we need at every home game and uh the more we, the more wins we get, the more crowds we're going to have every week, and we know that uh, our next, our two last home games are at noon. So don't know if that will play a factor, but it will for us. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, hey, it's great to see that fans uh, that probably haven't been to a, game, a Saluki football game in a long time that showed up this weekend. You're right, and if they have been uh, keeping up with the team, then they would know that they're good. And, I, and we talked about how homecoming definitely was a reason why. It was this large. We'll be interested to see, yes, the noon games. For the last two, that will be tough for both of us to make, knowing we work on Saturdays. So that's unfortunate. But we were able to make the start of this one, which we were blessed to have. So, yeah, we made it. Pretty sure they already the team already scored when we got to our seats. So we'll get into that in a second. But, yeah, Nick Hill quoted it of the tailgate and said, Saluka Nation is strong. And, yes, everybody involved has deserved this. And we, we know this atmosphere would be huge for – a lot of uh, recruits that were in the building as well. We'll get to that <clears throat> shortly. So, yes, great overall crowd. And, Noah, this crowd to kick off this game, let's get into this game, a 31-28 to 28, uh, victory. Uh, like we said, we, we got there late, but they didn't score. We were listening to I think you had in your ear on the way here. We were looking at what was going on. They punted their first drive when they got it. We deferred once again, as we always do. But, Noah, we went down seven plays, 55 yards, only two minutes, and we scored – Right before, like I said, when we were getting up to our seats, there was a lot of Justin Strong to kick off. Jerron Rollins got involved. Landon had a 15-yard touchdown to, to seal it. Um, but like I said, we heard cheering, and first thing we knew, of course, Landon, no, off to another great start in this game. Yeah, you, you've seen the Justin Strong like we have been the last couple games. Uh, he's the first back that's getting the snaps, so uh, it's good to see that we get get to see him a little bit more. Uh, we mixed in a couple more. We mixed in everybody this week, actually. And, uh, yeah, landing back to what he does, getting another touchdown. And, yes, Justin, you're right. He, he's he's on the depth chart. He was the start of the year, and every time they post the starters, he's always on there. He's been – seems like hit or miss, but obviously like, we ride the hot hand in running backs, and he got the, the bill to start out with. He is multifaceted. So he did get the bill. Landon finished him off. They punted again on their second drive, so we're thinking, okay, let's – Let's, you know, keep this going, obviously. And then we had a six-play, 55, another 55-yard drive that lasted about two and a half minutes. Donovan got involved. We know last game he uh, uh, didn't play until the second half, but he got going early in this one. Landon got us down the field more, a 25-yard catch. It was all Donovan, Isaiah. So Landon and Isaiah with two 20-yard catches themselves, knowing that Donovan had an easy outside run for another score. 
making it 14 to nothing. And uh, I don't, I think actually it was 14 nothing by the time we said that. I don't think we saw Donovan's touchdown either, barely. So it was 14 to nothing when we, when we sit down. So we're thinking we're off to a great start, right? And we, we were sitting on their sidelines and they had, they had a little bit of a fan base over there. So they were, it was kind of disjointed over there. People didn't know what to expect being down 14 to nothing already. Yeah, uh, that's that's one of them, I believe it was maybe one of Nick Hill's keys of the game again, get to off another fast start, and that's what we need to do every game. And because uh, we, we know we've had a couple slow starts, uh, had one last week, and uh, that's why I say we all you you want to you always want to defer if we win the toss. If we win the toss, if you want a quick start, how do you get that offense on the field and we can score right away? And this drive shows right here, yeah. We, we, we've talked about Javon Williams needs to have the ball, needs to be on the field more. Everybody, a lot of Saluki fans say that, but this offense with Donovan Spencer running the ball is a different at a different level, and I think he should have it more. Exactly. He is utterly dynamic. And, Ed, you mentioned the coin toss. I just think that, especially if you know you're confident in your defense, it's like, I just, you know, here we are on Football Sunday. I just remember teams like even the Ravens who elect to – defer, you know, because you're confident in your defense per se, just in general, a lot of teams do this. Confident in your defense, if you get a stop at three and out right away, and then you score, and then you go back and forth, but you always have the lead and you get the ball at a halftime, that's always a goal. So either way, you couldn't go wrong with either which way, actually, but we know our team likes to do that. So, no, they punted on their first three drives, and but we wanted to mention first because we needed to right away. Otis Way did not play in this game. We noticed how we didn't. He wasn't in the game at any point, and we didn't see him on the sidelines, even us being on the North Dakota side. But, no, we found out, and I think it was, I guess, Suzuki Sports posted it or someone posted that he didn't even make the trip due to an illness. So that definitely surprised us. Uh, and because you mentioned the keys of the game, that he was on the keys of the game to pretty much stop Otis Way, and he wasn't even on the field. So we questioned if Nick Hill and the whole team didn't even know it until this day or something, or they – that was, you know, that probably that picture of the keys of the game were made earlier in the week, probably. So it's it's interesting. What do you think? Do you think the team like Nick? I don't know. If, I'm not sure about it after the game. Because uh, not sure about that, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Knew, but everybody knew because even Mike Reese and Gene were talking about it on the pregame, and yeah, the number one key was to uh, slow down Otis Way in their run game and. When I when we got to our seats, uh, they were they were on offense, and uh, I was looking for him. He wasn't out there. I looked towards the sideline, see if I could see a guy with maybe got banged up on their first drive, but he was nowhere to be found. And later we found out he didn't even make the trip because of an illness. Yeah, it's it's crazy because he's arguably the no, he's obviously the best player on their team, and that's what they do run the ball. He's he's a great player, and the fact that he didn't play was just interesting. It makes you think why they punted the first three. Drives, but then Noah, as soon as we started on another drive, they pinned us pretty much deep in our own territory. It was a weird play, though, Noah. This first play, Nick dropped back, and it looked like he totally just lost the ball out of his hand. There were defenders around him, so like it was such a split-second thing. Other people were talking about it. It was a weird play. I think he just lost the ball, and then they recovered and Noah for a touchdown. So they didn't have to do much to get on the board and get them back into the game early on something that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, sloppy play shouldn't have happened, and uh, it's things that we had now have a bye week, thankfully, to get fixed. And the good news is, though, after that, yeah, that was something that was like, okay, if that's something that turns the momentum, then then it's not good. But we went, I mean, we didn't we didn't bat an eye, though, because we went down and scored. Javon did get involved a big time on this. We mentioned last game how he got involved in, involved in receiving, passing, and rushing, 
and we were able to climb back in that game. So, and we mentioned how we would like to see that every game, but that wasn't the case. But Javon did was running the ball at a 22 yard run on here, and we got deep in their territory, Noah. And then Tyce Daniel was what was he in the backfield and worked his way through the middle of the field and got open. He caught a touchdown. For yeah, what was that play? It was uh, Jacob, basically Jacob Garrett's bread and butter, where uh, they were blitzing and uh, Tice was Tice was uh, in his tight end spot, and uh, we just. He acted like he was going to block, and he slipped him out and just wide open, almost almost threw it right to the ref, but uh, Tice caught it and ran it in for a wide-open touchdown. Wide open, and we know we haven't seen Tice very active in terms of receiving the last couple of weeks. And as soon as they were in that territory, I, we saw him on the field, and I said it would be nice to see Tice do something here because, you know, the, the red area is seem like tight in territory, and if they were to get him going at some point, and they had the perfect play call to happen, and yes, Tice got in the end zone there, so we're twenty-one to seven here, four straight punts, two apiece, to get to the point where they go down on a fifty-yard, ten-play, four and a half-minute drive and scored to make it a one-score game. And then Noah here, this was a big-time forced pass by Nick Baker, another turnover by him right before half. It only took two plays, and he he tried to for, who was he forcing it to? I mean, it was. It was an utter blatant bad decision. He threw it right to the defender, just hopped right in front of it. But it was kind of a to where you shouldn't have thrown it because he was already past the middle of the field. So I don't throw the ball. But he picked. who was he throwing to? Was it Landon? Landon. So yeah, I mean, he's trying to. Uh, we were upset. We were up seven, and uh, probably should have just sat on the ball, run the ball out, and he rolled out and tried to make a play happen like he does when he rolls out. He should have ran for about five or six yards and slid, and and uh, we probably should have took it. What, Took it into halftime with a lead, a seven-point lead, just just sit on the ball there with two minutes or something left. So, yeah, play that shouldn't – another turnover that shouldn't happen. That's two two in the first half that really got this team in the game at all. I know. It seemed like – because they couldn't get anything going on offense either. They used uh, Vaughn a lot, their backup quarterback, who should have played a lot more. But because his ability to run the ball, they could have got more going, and they had to do more with no Otis Way. But – yeah, at that point, they weren't getting anything going. We were helping them out big time, and then they go down and score score on that next drive right before halftime. A 50-play, 24-second, four-play, 50-yard drive. Noah Thomas Schuster was kind of impressive at times in this game, though. It seemed like every time he would make a big-time throw, whether it be on third down or something, that he would get clocked right after the fact, but he'd connect on passes. That Some, some seemed kind of lucky, and there was some busted coverage on our part, but Noah tied up at halftime, so... We're thinking, okay, we're up, up 14-0, and then we they let we let him score on that on that crappy fumble or just slip out of the hands of Nick to to, to make them on the board, and then they score a couple more to tie it at half, and then we're thinking, okay, well this this is situations where this is why you defer to the second half, no matter what happens, that you're able to maybe hopefully bounce back out of halftime, but we punted right away, couldn't get anything going. Nick got sacked a couple times, then they go down kick a field goal. Where are we at here? End of the second quarter. They I blocked Jack's not. punt. Yeah, okay. On that they, drive. Yeah, after they, that drive. You're right. They blocked his punt. So then they but we hold they hold we hold Pat and have him kick a field goal. Or was it a block it was a blocked field goal. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony okay, blocked it. Missed it. Blocked field goal. We mentioned Anthony. At times we wonder how he it seems like the great player that he is, just the way he Still, like his, he was getting blocked by tight ends pretty well. We're waiting for him to get that final sack. But when it comes to doing things like this, he shows out. So, yeah, there's a block punt. got them in our territory. Then we blocked their field goal. 
and then we punt though, do nothing. A punt, punt, and then no, and then they punted right back to us. But then we scored here, Noah. Uh, Romir, we wanted to mention before that on a punt in the first half, Romir did get going. We mentioned how every time he fumbled, obviously, last week and hasn't off to the great start after coming back from that concussion. He probably had negative yardage on the year, but he ended up having a decent uh, game. This game, we'll get to the box score at, at the end of it, but he got involved. Isaiah had a catch, and then Isaiah, Noah, 58-yarder, that he just burnt everybody to the house to make it 28-21. Yeah, it was a broken play, and Nick was able to find Isaiah streaking down the middle, and it was a explosive play. Uh, I think Isaiah was banged up in the first half. Didn't see a lot of him. Usually he's on uh, kick return. Didn't see him on kick, kick return. It was him, uh, Devon and uh, Donovan back there. So I think he might have been dealing with something, but he was able to make a p- big play there. Yeah, and that first play had was an 11-yard run out of the backfield that they get involved. We see the lane in a lot of the time, and we think it because of Isaiah's explosiveness, he should be involved in those more. So we had that. So we had his own little two-play touchdown there. And then, Noah, they have a drive that's a pretty long drive, three-and-a-half, 50-yard drive, 10 plays. They go down, though, and they go for it at the start of the fourth quarter on fourth and five, and they turn it over on downs. But we didn't do anything with it. We punted. We still have this 28-21 this to 21 lead. And then, Noah, they go down. This is when Tommy Schuster was – going nuts on these passes after getting hit, going down. And Isaiah Smith, Noah, the backup, to Otis Way, had himself a heck of a game. This was an easy drive for him and an easy drive down for a touchdown. Now we are tied. But then, Noah, we go down, have a nice drive. Donovan had a 48-yard run in here. We thought he was taken to the house, to be honest. But then he took it all away. We kept running with him and Justin. And then Nico, Noah, 46-yarder, that is a career high for Nico. As we know, he missed a 47-yarder that – had the distance at Kansas State, and the wind was crazy that night, blew it a little left. And then, so that would obviously have been his career high then, but his career high now, no, it's great to see. Great career, and we know that he comes up biggest when it matters most. Yeah, we know we can rely on him. Uh, that's why we uh, – it was kind of questionable running the ball three straight times there, but, uh, yeah, we knew we could rely on Nico if we needed a field goal there, and that's what we that's what he does. He kicks big kicks. And we didn't know at the time, even though we would like for it to be the case at the time, that that would end up being the last score of the game. No, they go down on a nice drive, 63-yard drive. That was a lot of Isaiah Smith. But we mentioned how they had a backup kicker in this game, correct? Yeah, it was a backup walk-on kicker. So, yeah, he was – so we talk about the shoes to fill. He had one blocked earlier. And then they get the chance here at our 18-yard line to tie the game. And he missed a 36-yarder. So, yeah, all that driving for nothing. And that stinks. Knowing that you seem like you would have to be in four-down territory, not only at this point in the game, but in, in the game in general, you feel like, you know, he's there for a reason. He's a walk-on at a decent program for a reason, but he couldn't couldn't make a 36-yarder. The win wasn't too bad on the day at all, I, I don't believe. so. Kicking kicking, uh, kicking uh, field goals in that towards the north, north end zones. I uh I seen some somebody was talking about on Twitter if there was a stat we'd like to know the the percentage made kicking a field goal on the north side because that's the most difficult I've ever seen kicking into that north wind some that south wind sometimes kicking towards that end zone. That's a good point because obviously we know our stadium is pretty low key with the and if there is a bit of a wind you know the wind can get up above of the uprights you know with how kind of low especially on the on the away side. And right there with the lawn, yeah, with the wind blowing through there, it can play a factor for sure. So 
Brady Stevens had a 36-yard miss. We're thinking, okay, here we go. We saw players celebrating, but we punted it away. We couldn't get course. It's one of those times in the game where you want to run the ball, knock the clock, knock time off the clock. And they took a couple of their timeouts. We couldn't get anything going at all. But Jack, thankfully, who had an incredible game once again, a 61-yard punt to pin them deep in their own territory, Noah, but they go down in a minute 45, 11 plays, 58 yards to put themselves in field goal position. Once again, a lot of Tommy Schuster. Again, they completed so many so many passes. Jack Ryan had a lot of big catches in this game. Um, but Noah, we get to the point here, Brady Stevens again, getting the opportunity to tie the game a 47-yarder. So, like, this is a yard longer than Nico's career high. So he's out here trying to tie the game, being the walk, the backup walk-on, and it wasn't even close. So the wind took a little bit of that, but he didn't have the leg strength. It was well short and right. Uh, so that was the game. It's another, another one of those games, Noah, where, like I said, combined five points we've won in our last three weeks. And uh, overall, though, like I said, it doesn't matter how it happens as long as you get the win. You'd rather have a ugly win over a, whatever the heck the word is all the time. So thoughts on the game. It was a, it was another, it was a great start. If you finish, we're inconsistent in the bad starts, good finishes. We need to keep it. And I remember we tweeted strong start, strong finish, but, uh, uh, definitely was one of those games that we wish wasn't the case again, make it this close. Yeah. First off, uh, going back to that kick in the field goal position, uh, I feel sorry for the kid. He's his confidence was already low. He had one blocked. He yeah. missed the he missed the first attempt to tie it. But uh, yeah, I would almost knowing we you didn't have your actual kicker. I would almost maybe went for a hail mary That's there. Point. Yeah, you didn't. But uh, yeah, it's almost uh, almost got lucky again. I you you can kind of say uh, playing these close games, your luck's gonna end up running out at some point. So. Uh, but hey, we got a bye week we're looking forward to, and we're hey we're four and zero in Valley play, and we've yet to play our best football. So that's the greatest thing that that you can that you can take from this. And we got a bye week to get healthy and get some things fixed and clean up some things. So yeah, it's a great win, uh, another top twenty five win. Uh, we're still at the top of the Valley, so uh, yeah, this team's playing pretty well right now. We got some things to clean up, but yeah, great win, great crowd, great atmosphere. Uh, great effort by both teams in this game, but yeah, great win. Yeah, we got to give props to North Dakota for their effort because, like we said, how we started this game, 14-0 lead, that we thought obviously it was going to be one of those games, and Nick had a couple of those turnovers that he didn't even have last week against South Dakota State of all teams. So, you know, kind of wishy-washy and a lot of some inconsistency, uh, and the defense wasn't great at times either. So, yeah, it's one of those games that you obviously learn from. You'll take a win. You're right. Sustaining these close games, it's going to be hard to do. You just hope, yeah, that you can get healthy off this bye and go from there. A quote from Coach Hill, if you're a Saluki football fan, I think that you've gotten your money's worth as far as close games. I know we're better for it. Our team has learned what it takes to win close games and understand the detail that it takes. Um, He also said, my question to the guys yesterday prior on Friday was, what program is desperate? I would say we are. We're trying to win a conference championship for the first time in 13 years, and that's the way we need to take the field and act. So, you know, he knows these close games, and definitely I'm sure it's been heart-stopping for a lot of people. Definitely the uh, the games where we had to stop the two-point conversions, and it was funny because Bubba Swiger was on with Mike. Yeah, we talked before that. He's like, well, if you go to overtime, are you going to go for two? And they joked around, but it almost seemed like it could have gotten to that point. So, 
Yeah, and it came down if they had their healthy kicker, who knows how the game could have went. So it's one of those things. If they have their best player, this game is probably maybe different outcome. Uh, I say because some of the holes, Isaiah Smith, a uh, good running back, but Otis Way could break some of those, and it could have been a different outcome in that game. But yeah, uh, hey, wins a win in our book. So uh, even though it's close, so but Coach Hill, great job. Uh, looking forward to this bye week to get healthy. And one thing we wanted to say as well that we had a couple – it's always one of those things where you burn a timeout like the start of the third quarter or something that we don't need to, and then we end up having some at the end that we were questioning as to why Nick Coach Hill didn't burn a timeout before, I guess, both kicks. Definitely the first kick to tie before we got the ball back and the last one, even though I think – because he had a feeling he knew who it, was, who it was kicking, he said, so he wasn't going to burn it, even though he was kind of told from some people uh, that you know it was definitely an option. We thought that – so ourselves. So he, he knew who was out there kicking, so we, I guess he didn't pull the trigger. But, no, we're getting into this box score now. It's crazy thinking how well we thought Nick Baker turned the corner, and obviously he still had a decent game outside of his couple turnovers. He got sacked four times, only, only threw it 16 times, so we were able to run the ball efficiently. And the time of possession, I think they had a lot more time of possession than us. We'll get to that in a second. 13 of 16, 177 yards, those three touchdowns. And those turnovers, like I said, that 58-yard long to Isaiah. But now, no, yeah, we mentioned Nick Baker. Great game last week, iffy this week. And then the bye to get his mindset right before he goes face a UNI, a really good UNI defense. So need to have him be more consistent. And uh, if, it's a, if it's a good game, bad game, we're hoping that this game would end up being a good one. Yeah, we know this guy's a film junkie. Uh, last week at the, during the press conference, uh, Nick Hill said – they were talking about – he was asked a question about Nick Baker, and he said, yeah, Nick Baker is actually in this room behind me on his day off watching film. So this guy's a film junkie. He's going to get in there and uh, see what went wrong, and he's going to fix the problem. We got all the faith in the world in this kid. But, uh, yeah, it's he's going to get back to work. This team's going to get back to work. So excited for this bye week to get healthy. Keep mentioning it, get healthy. That's the biggest thing. It's always the biggest thing, it seems like, you know, because we talked how some of these other Valley teams got buys really early in the year, like second or third game in to the conference season. We're glad ours is coming kind of in the midway point. Um, and we always wonder, that even in the NFL, the teams get, that get the later buys are the, are the good teams that they think will be good, so they let them rest up before the final stretch. So kind of that's how we're, we're taking this. Donovan led us again in rushing. He got 11 attempts, which is good to see, 64 yards. And he's, again, leading us in yards this year after it seems like, obviously, he didn't even play. He, barely, he didn't play the SEMO game. We barely saw him. If we don't think we saw him at all in Kansas State. It's, it's crazy how the yardage he's put up in some of these games to put himself. And we talk about Javon barely playing, Romero concussed, and Justin hit or miss sometimes. So it's kind of not surprising, but that's how good Donovan's been. He did have the touchdown. He averaged six, 5.7 yards a carry. Justin Strong, yes, those nine carries of himself getting going again, 5.8 yards a carry for 52 yards. Romero, like I said, I think this game definitely put him in the positive yardage mark. Great to see him back. He was hitting holes at certain points of the game. He averaged eight yards a carry. Javon did get his own six for 39 yards at 22 of longest, 6.3. And I'd say having that one. And then Nick had a negative 18 net yardage. Nine for ten. Those sacks from, killed him. Sacks killed him. The loss of the twenty-eight yards on those sacks. So yeah, um, we talked before how we'd like for him to roll out and run more as soon as he sees open space. Not even try to look downfield and potentially get sacked or 
throw it away or throw an interception. He needs to be smarter in those situations. But yeah, that's what uh, that's what uh, North Dakota did really well with the shorter quarterback Tommy Schuster. They rolled him out a lot. Seemed like every time. And yet they've still they've had only going into this game allowed three sacks. And guess what? They're still at three going into the next week. Exactly. We noticed how. Their offensive line was monstrous, too. and Their left tackle, 76, was putting guys on the ground on our end and stuff. He'll, he, he'll end up playing hope maybe at the next level. That's how good he looked. And we mentioned how, yeah, they've only left three sacks all season. So kudos to them. We obviously didn't get to him in this game. Isaiah had 91 yards, mainly off that long run. He had four receptions. So Landon, after the, his touchdown, a 24-yard grab that had a touchdown drive as well, he didn't really get going at all. Uh, there was just a lot of wish-washy play. Tyson had his only catch for touchdown. Jerron, three for 13. We didn't see him a lot, though, and then Justin had a catch. So, overall, not, it's good to see Isaiah get going again, especially for those young, long yardage plays that we know he can do. Haven't seen one in a while, so it's good to see that. Jack Noah, 215 yards total on five punts. 61 was as long as the average of 43. He just keeps doing. He had two punts inside the 20 and two for 50 or more. So he just keeps doing what he's doing. Huh? Yep, he is the this team's MVP. Uh, can't say anything more about him. This guy, he's so reliable. It just sucks. He had two, two, uh, one tipped and one blocked in this game. Uh, we got to clean that up this week. Yeah, and we talked about if people remember at the beginning that. You know, especially at the SEMO game, he was kind of just kicking the ball to him. So we were saying, yeah, we maybe he's not going to play much of a factor this year with our offense. But he's he's arguably put himself now at the top for the punter of the year, even though we're not sure how everyone else's punters are doing. But we know that ours is pretty dang good. So he keeps doing his thing. Yes, you're right. Definitely one of the MVPs of this, te- of this season, maybe the uh, so far. And then Noah Javon, obviously, he's back returning punts as usual. There was one, though, he keeps catching them above his head which we know he's got great hands, but you never know. And then one play, Noah, he got jumbled up and he was limping off the field. He looked hurt. He went back the next time he had to go uh, take a punt. But it's it's one of those things, again, where we just wish he wouldn't be on the field because we saw him also on kickoff returns, him and Donovan. We didn't, we didn't see Isaiah on kickoffs, which was weird. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I think Isaiah was banged up. And, yeah, he got hurt on that play. He fielded the ball on his own two-yard line over his head, almost going back in for a safety should have just let it go. Sure, he, he caught it at the two, so he should have just let if it's over. If he's standing at the – as a punt returner, you're standing at the five or ten, wherever he's standing at. If it's over your head, let it go. And that's a, that's a no-no, and it almost cost him, and he almost got hurt on the play. Exactly, and that's the least thing we want, even though we know if he would have had – which he, I'm sure he's still dealing with it. The bye week helps without a doubt. Then so. we saw later in the game Clayton Bush back to receive one punt. Right. And I think we, we didn't see Clayton to start the game on defense. We saw uh, Joe Patterson, Noah, who we, I think we talked about in the last pod. We, whether we did or was amongst ourselves or on the pod, that we have not seen him yet this year. He's still on the roster. But that, is this a, his first appearance this year? Um, it might be. I feel minus like I special teams, probably. Okay, yeah. I'd say, yes, this is his first snaps on defense. Unless in the, I, I, I feel assume, like I've seen 32 before. I assume in the SEMO game and a couple blowouts he got in. But uh, – yeah, this he's is first, yeah first time we've seen him. Uh, he's been big in the last couple of years. Uh, saw a lot of mixing up, a lot of mixing up uh, from going from Branson Cones, uh, Michael Ma- Calhoun, Jakari Patterson, mixing the defense up. 
we played a lot of guys on that defensive side of the ball to keep guys fresh. So it was good to see that he got some snaps in that game. Yeah, knowing that the depth all around, that it would be great to have. Yeah, you mentioned McHale and Jakar, those hybrids that are just everywhere on the field. We never know sometimes who's who because eight and six, respectfully on their jerseys, that sometimes they're scrunched and you can almost never tell. They have almost the same exact uh, style of play. So, yeah, getting into this defense now, Noah, Quay Brown, who was my pre-dog of the game, he he was active. Obviously, they ran the ball pretty well, got to the third level, and Quay had a lot of tackles. He led us with 11. David Miller had 10, uh, and we know that he keeps he – he had one uh, breakup, though. So, uh, continuously, he had a really good tackle on one play, but they kept going at him again, and he did struggle at times, and he's still getting used to the being corner cornerback, too. So, yeah. Uh, and we, like I said, he had some rough patches. But if he keeps learning from these, Noah, then it, it honestly won't matter. We mentioned Chance Bush. If we knew some guys were struggling, that if we could have saw some more people in this game, we haven't seen Chance in a while. But uh, David will just keep he'll keep learning from all these. Yeah, he keeps battling through. Teams are testing him, knowing they're not going to go PJ Jules' way a lot. So he's battling through it, and he's proving guys wrong because he's he's a fighter, man. This guy's a great going to be a great cornerback. He's so young. He's only a second year freshman, so. Uh, he's going to be a big-time player for this team the rest of the year and our future here. Without a doubt. And we mentioned P.J. He was getting – whenever he was uh, getting thrown at, he had a couple plays that didn't go his way, but he had a huge pass break up there. I remember seeing we were on the North Dakota sidelines. A busted play that he, he was going to find a receiver that maybe could have got his one foot down, but P.J. broke that up, and it was just – it was a great play. So he had a pass break up as well. Uh, he had nine tackles, six of his own. Clayton had nine and six of his own as well. Like we said, Clayton, we don't know if she, he started the game, but he finished. We mentioned he was on punts. Yes, one breakup of his own. Bryce Notry had one and a half tackles for loss uh, and one pass break. A lot of these guys, he had one QB hit along with uh, PJ. So a lot of the main guys that we know got involved. If we were to go down and search here, because we recall – some of our main guys that aren't really haven't been a factor tackling wise, but Anthony, who we talked about, had one tackle for loss. He had three total, uh, and then Jordan, who um, had two assists and or two total assisted. But uh, no, we if we want the video they posted today about the locker room stuff, Anthony got a game ball for his what 51, 52 straight games that we that, Iron Man that we mentioned, and Nick Hill said the record that will never be broken again. It's pretty incredible. And yeah, we talked about Anthony, how great he was at the start of his career, that he's kind of been fighting through, maybe playing through injuries. It seems like obviously he's never missed a game or missed a start. So uh, we hope he gets that sack at some point and. Um, there was five or six times I thought he had it, and Schuster exactly. was able to squirrel yeah. his way out of there and get rid of the ball. And we, we questioned because he's so strong that we think he can he should be moved to the inside. We think because obviously I mean I, that would if we start I know we need to have depth though having Richie on the second team helps, and then have Jordan on one side Richie on the other and then have Anthony up the middle would help him get his sack and if you have great pressure like those especially Richie getting on the outside that Anthony could bulldoze a center or a guard up the middle to get one. It's, it's, and he, we'd probably be better off if he could get some more tackles for loss and stop the run game. It'd be interesting. But Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Just, it's crazy to look at the stat sheet every week and you see how active Anthony and Burner are, but they don't get a lot of numbers. So 
they're active though. You can't if you're if you're just looking at stat sheets, you need to watch the game because these guys are active and they're milliseconds away from sacks, from tackles for losses. It's crazy to watch. And I've seen Kevin Glacian, uh he looks like he was playing through injury. Yeah. He was banged up a couple times after play. He was he was it was hard for him to get up, it looked like. So uh this this bye week it's perfect for him. Uh, got good to see him back. Uh, Giannini, he looked great again. Uh, I believe he don't he didn't show up much this there, but great game by those four defense linemen. And that's when we said how good Kevin was to start the year. If he's playing through injury, that's unfortunate. Yes, the bye week's perfect for him. And Keenan Agnew got in this game, so that's that makes you think if you know Giannini and Keenan and Kevin aren't doing anything up the middle that you could afford to move Anthony inside potentially. So, because your your depth's tested there, because we also noticed Steve Foxworth, who uh, we thought was hurt before last week, but we know he got in to help on a run play at the goal line. Noah, but we saw him walking on the sideline when we moved over. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was his one snap. I think last week was the Javon fumble. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, seen him not dressed, and uh, hopefully uh, he's. Able to return. Hopefully, uh, Dan Verdone asked that injury or question again this week so we can get some updates on some players. Yeah, and whenever we did move over, we saw him. We saw Roger Campbell is now on crutches after his surgery. Jacob's, I assume he had surgery. Yeah, because we – Hip injury. Yeah, because I think – I don't know if we if they said he did, yeah, because we know a lot of those players, Calvin and uh, Harden, had theirs the same day, or he said a lot of players got theirs the same day. Um uh, because we saw him not dressed, but he was walking just fine at the SEMO game, and I'm sure Kansas State too. So, yeah, he must have just had it because he wouldn't be on crutches randomly. Right. Uh, who else did we see? We saw uh, Jacob still on his crutch, even though he's close. Bryson, Bryson had the, the blackboard. He was ready to help coach those guys. So he's looking like he's really, really close, and we know he is. John Vollmer, he was in, he was in the sling just like James. It looked like he had a arm injury. Yeah, so we got a lot of guys banged up right now. That's why being 4-0 with the injuries we have is great. Yeah, so obviously we know the last three games could have obviously been losses. So if, if we're 1-3 at this point and then, uh, you know, have this bye week, obviously we're thinking our season's toast anyway. So, yeah, we're fortunate to be in the position we are. So, uh, so yeah, overall the defense, Colby Coleman ended up playing a lot in this game, which is good to see. So, Yes, and knowing that the defensive line that we thought was definitely a depth piece to start the year, that they're battling injuries or some guys aren't playing, that something needs to happen there. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out after the bye week. So great game overall for us. It was one of those obviously nail biters again, Noah. But let's get into North Dakota's box score because there is a little bit here to talk about. They have some good receivers, and obviously Isaiah Smith showed out in this one. Yeah, Isaiah Smith – 17 for 111 and a touchdown, a long of 18. Uh, he almost got his game ended on a uh, a dead ball. Uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, yeah, Barola. Yeah, Barola almost, almost knocked like. his knocked him out, but uh, he was able to come back, and that made him even stronger, it looked like. Uh, he had 17-111, like I said. Uh, Luke Skokna, who was their leading receiver going in this game as a running back, 7 for 42. Um, Quincy Vaughn, the backup running back, seven for 35. Uh, Schuster only had one rush for two yards. So, uh, passing Tommy Schuster, 31 of 48 for 267 and two touchdowns. 
some of the passes he's got off, we don't, we still don't know how he got them off. Uh, but receiving Bo Belquist, a uh, freshman All-American on the freshman All-American team, he had uh, eight for 55. He was good all day. And they had a couple others solid. Uh, their punter was solid, six for 259 and 57, two inside the 20. Yeah, they had one, two. They had seven guys with 20 or more yards in this game. Yeah, so Schuster didn't have a lot of time to throw. We mentioned their great offensive line. So, um and then, yeah, you mentioned Vaughn. He's every bit of 6'4", what's it say, 6'4", 245. So he's every bit of that. And we will question, yeah, why he didn't play more. But Schuster was, for the most part, getting the job done. Kind of pretty efficient. Yeah, Isaiah Smith, what's his age? He, yeah, he's a freshman. So, yeah, yeah. he's he'll be, yeah, six foot, 200 pounds. He'll be a factor for them for a long time. That's safe to say. He was good. So, yeah, and their punts, uh, let's see here. I don't know how they're, they're punting. Had 259 from six, 43 total. So their punting did an all right job on us too. So, yeah, they are, they've had a rough patch, and their playoff hopes are dashed at this point. But they're they're a quality team because we noticed how. Unless they go on and – which they already lost. Right. They already lost in North Dakota State. So that's one off their schedule that they could steal. But uh, other but than that – home team. Yeah, other than that uh, – their, their toast. Yeah, their next two games, they host Western Illinois and they're at Missouri State. So those are some decent. We know Western Illinois can uh, play with teams for the most part for a while, which what they were they were playing South Dakota State, you know, this past week. and uh, wasn't pretty. At the start, it looked okay for Western, as we know, but it didn't end up pretty. We'll get to the around the valley here in a second. Uh, but overall, they're a team that has some talent. They didn't have a – we did have 16, however many – fifth year, sixth year seniors we asked. We have a lot more people than everybody, but they didn't look like they had a lot of personnel on the sidelines. So we, we they made a long, long trip and we were both on our way home and saw their uh, saw their charter and they were headed to Williamson County Airport. You said you noticed how big of a uh, plane they had? Yeah, they had a nice plane. Uh, they had like four charters. Uh, they were, they uh, for such a small team, they, only had, they had four charters, but uh, that they might probably had those fans. They had a nice season span section, so from all the way from North Dakota. So that's that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, I'm sure they had a nice plane. Uh, it's pretty pretty big compared to what we usually see at Williamson County Airport, without a doubt. And yeah, it was good to see that. You know, obviously they had fans that filled up most of the place too. We saw a lot of green there and sitting next to them. They were loud and proud. And obviously, it's good to see that the game that they ended up having, obviously, because it didn't look good for them to start. And obviously, it ended up being the game that it was. So, shout out to them. Hopefully, they had a safe, safe trips back. And let's get into these team stats real fast in order to end the coverage of this game. They had 474 total yards. That was 109 more than we had. I mentioned the time of possession. They had 36-39. We had 23-21. So, yeah, they ended up running down our throats. But they only had three more rushing yards than us. So, it's interesting how many more plays they got. Uh, they were three for 15 on third down. We were three of 10. We didn't, we didn't go for it on fourth. Like we feel like we have just, we were to start the year, but we've dimmed that, dimmed that down a little. They were three for four on fourth down. They made some big plays on that too. So yeah, a quality team uh, that, yeah, their hopes are dashed, but they'll be tough though. They can play spoiler throughout the whole thing. So that, that's the role that they'll play. So the North Dakota fighting Hawks who are now two and four, what is their valley record now? It's got to be zero and three. Zero and three. So yeah, not looking good for them. But six and one for us, and four and zero in ours. So it's it is looking good going into this bye week. 
some more quotes here from the team. Uh, let's see here. Coach also acknowledged uh, with quotes, we've been streaky on offense where we score and move the ball in bunches. Whatever each game holds, ultimately we have to win the game. Uh, Nico also got a game ball. He, he was quoted, I was kicking with the wind, so I wasn't worried about distance, just kicking it straight. 4-0 is definitely a good feeling, especially after these last three games that we've had come down to the wire. Uh, Landon Lenore said, Coach Hill made a point about the Marines, the Navy SEALs, how hard they train. When you, when you think you're done, your body still has a lot more to give. I think our team relied on that message. Uh, and then Landon said, we still haven't played our best football yet. The mistakes we make can be cleaned up and corrected. Uh, Coach Hill here, we've been put in a lot of different scenarios, different types of games, What if that if we use it the right way, we can really grow and get better. It's a great time to self-scout how teams are taking that taking things away that we're doing. Are there some tendencies? And they ended, it was, all, it was an awesome crowd, an awesome atmosphere and tailgate. They showed up, they wanted to see us win, and we got a win against a ranked opponent. So, no, it was great to... See how, obviously, the, the team felt about this win. And we saw after the fact a lot of players tweet about it. David Miller ain't nothing better than, a, than winning. Uh, we know James, or, uh, James Caesar made a tweet. Landon stacking wins on wins. Let's keep going. Uh, Donovan Spencer and Clayton Bush reiterated it's us against the world. So it's more of that. So, yes, yeah, a great game, great atmosphere. We won't have another home game till November 6th because, obviously, we know we're at – northern uh iowa after the bye week so and we wanted to mention how it is blackout cancer the missouri state game so everybody wore black that day that noon games with the sunshine it'll be a toasty one potentially depending on the obviously how what it is outside degree wise so fight against cancer the blackout cancer on saturday november 6th so uh great to be the record that we have noah let's get into now uh what other teams did around the valley yeah, around the Valley update, uh, just mentioned it. South Dakota State went on the road at Western Illinois. Um, 41-17 win. I believe it was 13-7 at one – or no, 10-7 Western Illinois in the start of the second quarter, So, and that's how it ended. So wasn't pretty. That's South Dakota State has been handling teams that they should. Uh, North Dakota State went on the road at Illinois State, shut them out 20-0. So uh, the Bison stay undefeated in the Valley Plate as well. They're one game behind us. So that's who we are watching every week to see what they do. Um, Missouri State hosted the Trees of Sycamore, or of Indiana State, I should say. Uh, beat them 37-7, so that's uh, another win for the Bears. They improved to 4-2 overall. And South Dakota went on the road who went on the road to Northern Iowa, who will be after the bye week, 34-21. Um, South Dakota looks to be like pretty good team or the real deal this year. So uh, we might have got in luck with escaping, not playing them or and the Bison this year. You're right. And North Dakota State is, you know, like we said, they were kind of having off season last year, but now they're back to their normal ways. And then, yes, yeah, South Dakota, we probably lucked out on them. You're right. We played them in previous years that they are. They got some quality wins so far. So, yeah, it's uh, the Valley's looking good. It really is outside of the bottom feeders, Indiana State. We know Western can be tough, and Illinois State is having a down year per se, but we know those top teams are getting it done. So. Yeah, looking at the standings, uh, we're the leader with four, at 4-0, uh, North Dakota State 3-0, as I mentioned. Um, 
Missouri State and South Dakota are three and one. South Dakota State is two and one. Uh, Northern Iowa and Youngstown are both one and two. Indiana State Western are both one and three, and North Dakota and Illinois State are zero and three. So, not uh, Illinois State and North Dakota has had a rough start because of their schedule they've had, but that's not. If you would have guessed this would have been the way it looked at the beginning of the year, we would have said you're crazy probably. But uh, especially with North Dakota and Illinois State, who's pretty good, usually playoff contending teams at the bottom at 0-3. Yes, exactly. So we will keep updating how this all goes along. We mentioned the teams we play the rest of the way, that it will be a battle throughout. But we going back, because we forgot to mention it last week, because we'd always do it pre game our dogs of the game we need to talk about the post dogs of the game uh, i don't know how that's something we keep forgetting but real fast paul pass we know the dan patrick show gave us some more shout outs he was watching when he was in vermont we do love the dan patrick show we said another great game and win by saluki football he, he tagged coach hill we were watching in vermont i need some pagliais and quattro's pizza so great to see some uh, famous alumni keeping up with it we wish he would mention us more on their show but Oh, well, no, dogs of the game. Let's let's get into this before we get into the recruiting. Actually, we have one FCS poll to mention, but uh, dogs of the game, offense. Offense, to me, it's hard to go wrong here. There's a lot of guys, uh, not a great, really great offensive day for us, but uh, I'm going to go with Isaiah Hartrip. He had the explosive play. He got us. That took over in the second half, so I'm going with Isaiah Hartrip. Couldn't agree more. And that's he seems like the only one that would stick out. We mentioned Landon had a great start, uh, fizzled out down the stretch. And I guess I'll go with Romier because he battled back and was able to have a really good game. Uh, positive yardage, obviously, and find the holes and bounce back to where we can use him down the road. And he can have another. He can have the bye week to rest up as well. I'll go with Romier. Defense, no, we mentioned at some points in this game, Branson Combs looked like the easy getter of this and obviously if you look at the stat sheet he was by the middle of the pack but he had a great start to this one it seemed like he could be a candidate wouldn't you say yeah i was gonna mention him but i was gonna go with uh had a big fourth down breakup pj jules yeah he did like we said we did mention that pass breakup was pretty big uh let's see here quay he was my pre-dog in the game and he showed out at the third level getting his tackles uh, I do like your pick at PJ. I'll go with. I'll stick with Branson because he did. He had his own pass breakup, and uh, he seemed like a tackle machine. Nothing gets by him. He, he all open field tackles. He takes care of. And we know how important he is. We've talked about it multiple times the move he made. He's made a seamless transition to linebacker, and he's done done it like I said seamlessly. So uh, Branson will be mine. His ability to do everything. He had two pass breakups, so that led the team. If I if I stay, he tied with. Uh, was his stat went away with whoever I think it was Bryce or Jakari. So Branson had a huge game. He's the dog of the game. And special teams, obviously, it's got to go to Jack doing his his usual. It's got to be him. I don't know who else you could say. I mean, Nico had a career long field goal for the Nico's win. Nico's career long, so you could flip a coin. So with those two and Nico Nico's points were the difference in the game. So you could you could flip a coin, I guess. And even though Jack pinned us down, the defense kind of almost didn't do any favors getting them back in field goal position. So, yeah, you can flip a coin with that one. So, I want to mention that because we did mention it the week prior. So, now no other – We'll say uh, – or uh, I, don't, I don't know if uh, the spread ended up at yeah, game time. Yeah. 
minus nine, SIU favored by nine. We did not cover. We both took the minus. We didn't know what it would be end up at. We guessed about two scores, but it ended up around nine. So I say there's a lot of – Vegas had some money on North Dakota, so it moved the line down. So uh, we both missed that. We we, we did not cover. and uh, both missed, We both had the under. I remember – I had the over, right, in the you had, game, but then we added up my things, what, what it was, and I had the Yeah, unders. we both had the under, so we both went 0-2 this week. So that puts uh, me at 11-3, and and you're at 10-4 and for the betting lines. Of Those the are year. still good records. We're not going to be too mad about it because the team comes out on top. But, yeah, yeah that is something that – a couple of things we forgot to mention the last couple of weeks. And, uh, so, yeah. Uh, now, Noah, there was a poll that came out. I thought I retweeted it. Um it was an FCS, what is it, FCS tri, triumvirate poll. They came out with a poll. I actually said, we're here on Sunday. We usually see these on Monday, along with Monday pressers. So we're doing this today, but we will obviously through the bye week have something to update throughout the week of uh, bracketologies of these rankings of other stuff to do. So what we will do later in the week, we will have another one for the bye week. So, yes, this triumvirate poll had Eastern Washington back at one. Pretty uh, – everything stood the same, it seemed like. I don't remember the last one they would have had. Same Houston at two, North Dakota State at three, us at four. We thought even – it's one of those things where there were a lot of upsets, though. So uh, seeing us at four because we thought, you know, uh, we had the home game. We only won by three against a team that had been struggling. Uh, that obviously I don't, we weren't going to move because we, because we won, but it was one of those things. So South Dakota State at five. Villanova at six, James Madison at seven, Montana State. Southeast Louisiana, we know that they were going to probably stay in the top 25 all year. They have a great quarterback. It was fun playing them last year. So, interesting to see how they go out. Noah, who were, what were the upsets, though? Let's let's do let's do this around the FCS if you had some of these matches. There were some upsets, right? Yeah, there was a couple upsets, as you mentioned, as we know. UC Davis went down, right? Yeah, UC Davis went down to Sacramento. No, Idaho State, was it? Let me look here. I think Sacramento State did get a win over somebody, whether it was that one or a different one. Yeah, let me see if it'll load here. Uh, oh, Friday night I watched a little bit of this game. Uh, Montana State went on the road at Weber State, so that was a key game, 13-7 to win. for That eliminates Weber State, our first-round opponent last year. Probably they're 2-4 they're and four now, so that eliminates them. Um, we'll mention that our Dayton, we're keeping track of them, see what they do. They lost to Marist. 20 to 17. Um, who else do we have? Uh, I believe Simo uh, lost on a last second field goal to uh, Murray State. So that we're keeping two bad teams. Yeah, yeah two. Uh, the OVC is not, not good. Uh, James Madison went on the road at Richmond, beat him 19 to 3. Eastern Washington. Put up 71, 71 points. That's the fourth time this year they've scored over 70. Eric Berrier, their quarterback, has locked in the, the Walter Payton player of the year. i seen a tweet on it uh, today. Uh, FCS leaders in total offense. One, Eastern Washington. Two, uh, Southeast Louisiana. Three, Presbyterian. Four, ETSU, who got knocked off. We'll get to. Fordham's at five. Six by himself would be Eric Bate. Barry A, the Eastern Washington quarterback, we were at seven. So that's just showing how good he is. Uh, Sacramento State took down Montana. So Montana got knocked off the ropes there. Um, who else? Uh, Jackson State, we've seen their crowd. Uh, you sent me a thing on Twitter. 
packed. They, they were packed. Uh, Dion's got them going in the right direction. Uh, Stony Brook knocked off Delaware. That's another upset. Towson un- knocked off the undefeated Rhode Island. That was a Rhode Island's been a surprise team all year. So that's another knockoff. Uh, Eastern Kentucky took down Central Arkansas, so they fold a two and four. So that that could be eliminated them from the playoffs as well. Um, am I missing any here? I don't think so. Yo, UC, UC Davis did win this week. They lost last week. We okay. that's what we were thinking. You said ETSU, right? What yeah. To them? They got beat by. Uh, trying to think. Do 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 do. But we mentioned uh, it's crazy Chattanooga. Okay, yeah. And it's crazy mentioning this because I'm looking on here. And whether it, it, this is theirs, but I don't know how the, a different one would have it. Northern Iowa is not on here. I wonder if they forgot about them or what would you say uh, what happened to them this past week? They uh, lost at home to South Dakota and they fell to three and three. So that probably knocks them okay, out of the top so, 25. So they're, they're kind of you know stumbling as well. So it's one of those out of our buy, especially out of a buy. And they already had theirs, right? Or they had they have theirs maybe coming. I'm not sure. But. Uh, they're at South Dakota State next week. So yeah, they <laughs> at there, and then they get to host us. So yeah, they started the conference with Youngstown, beat Youngstown, then they got at North Dakota State at home against South Dakota at South Dakota State, then they get us at home. That is rough. We thought about our gauntlet. That's the valley. That is their gauntlet, and that is rough. So let's put the misery out of them if South Dakota State doesn't already do that next week. So that'll be interesting. Uh, now, no, let's get in because we know this part will be pretty long because there's a lot of recruits in attendance. And we want to update how our commits did this week. So let's get into all that. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, get into our commits real quick. Uh, our boys at Luther North, they improved to 5-3 and three on the year, getting close to the end of their season and playoffs in the Missouri, state of Missouri. We'll keep watching them. Our boy Brian Brown, 18 for 107 on the ground and one touchdown, 23 of 33 for 398 and five TDs. That's one of the best, I think, box scores I've ever heard. They won 50 to 36, so uh, Jalen Banks had four tackles also. So uh, we got are getting. Yeah, we got a couple others that we'd like to have from Luther North, so we might as well just keep them coming from our St. Louis area, who we've been uh, – it's a hot hotbed for our recruits right now. Yeah, because Jalen Carson, we mentioned, ran on a running back, and then Kendra Wolford. Caldra. Caldra Wolford, so uh, he's a stud too, yeah, so they need to convince those boys. Yeah, uh, our newest commit, Charles Young, three tackles, uh, probably didn't play much. Lutheran improved to 6-2. and two. They won 67 to nothing. Um, Ryan Schwindeman didn't the, know nothing in the box score for him. They fell 47-13 to fall to 4-4, four and four, so they're back to 500 after getting over it last week. Um, our board, Connor Lair, had a reception touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a pick, I believe. They improved to 7-1. and one. West Plains, 56-0 win over Waynesville. Our board, Jimmy Lansing, who visited again yesterday. That's, the, I believe, the third time he's been there this year. So he continues to make the trip down. Uh, they, easy trips. Yeah, so they got back to 500 at four and four, and win, winning 42 to 12. And our boy down in Georgia, Ryan Chanley, also got back to 500 with a win 14 to 13 for Cherokee. So that is a look at what our commits did this weekend. Uh, I yeah, tuned, Ryan gave us a shout out on Twitter after our game. He said, "Love watching my future fan play every weekend." Go Salukis. Yeah, he is. Uh, him and Jimmy. 
are hard on the recruiting trail on Twitter. So that's great to see by them. Um, getting the visits, we had a lot of guys here, not only for 2022, but 2023 a couple, and uh, one for 2024 even. So uh, let's get into these guys. A uh, guy I've been telling Nick about, uh, I sent him his highlights. He's from our hometown, Marion, Illinois. Vincent Newsom, a 6'3 wide receiver, also plays safety. The kid's a stud. Uh, I've been trying to, wishing, hoping to see, since he's in our backyard, hoping to see him at least get a game day visit and maybe even offer soon, hopefully, maybe get him over there because the kid's a stud. Been telling Nick about him a lot. Literally in our backyard, and we go back and watch his tape because he posted his uh, tape, was it last night or earlier today, and he makes it look easy. Every bit of 6'3", he's – the South 7 ain't no slouch, it seems like. It hasn't been over the years, and maybe it is now. But, yeah, being from Marion, we you know we know when good players hit. We know Hunter Simmons obviously transferred there and had, and was good. So seeing Vincent, he, he was dominant. We'll just put it at that. So, yeah, I think he would want to play at SIU too, not knowing who else is in on him. So, yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah, uh, he's again, back again from Christopher up at CZR, Peyton, Missouri, a 6'5 offensive lineman. He's back for the second time. So, hey, these, if there's any any town in our backyard that has a chance to play here, we need to scoop them up. Um, also back again from Harrisburg, 6'4 uh, offensive tackle, Cooper Phelan. He's back. So that's uh, him and Peyton. If at 6'4, 6'5, if they're in our backyard and have a chance to play at this level, we need to scoop them up now. And definitely getting more guys in the trenches would be ever important. Adding them to 6, uh, please 6'4, Ryan Chanley, and 6'7, six, six, uh, Jimmy Lansing at 6'5 and 6'4. We, we're building the line in Gotta this class. Got to keep the beef. Got to keep the beef. Yeah, but uh, a couple other guys. Uh, Joseph Shannon, a 6'3 defensive end from Kankakee. He was there. He looks like a stud. Uh, he tweeted, I believe. Um, Lee Hutton from Minnetonka, Minnesota, an athlete, a DB slash wide receiver, 5'9". So he made the visit down from Minnesota. So that's cool to see. He came all this way. Um, Townsend Barton, a 5'11 athlete, plays wide receiver and safety over at Carterville. I believe he's more of a track guy. He's a, a de- He does the decathlon. He's a decathlete. So uh, he was there with a bunch of guys from this area. Uh, Reggie Reed, 6'4 athlete, plays linebacker safety and defensive end from Nashville. Looks like a stud. Looks like another stud. I believe that's the one. He is from um, Aiden Quinn's high school where Aiden Quinn attended. Uh, Evan Kammer, 5'11 wide receiver from St. Thomas Aquinas from Overland, Kansas. That's where the Reeves brothers are, plug. Reeves brothers are from, so we have a connection there. Uh, Bryson Burns, a 6'2 wide receiver from Nashville. He was there. Looked like a, He also looks good. Let's add another Burns to the team, shall we? Yeah, then uh, another – he was a back again uh, quarterback from Benton, 6'1", Keegan Glover. He's he's had a heck of a season for the Benton Rangers. They're doing really well up there. So that's the 2022 guys. A lot of, a lot of visits for the 2022 class, so we're looking to add – um, looking at the 2023 class, an athlete plays running back and safety for O'Fallon Township High School. Um, Chris Caldwell, 5'11", he was there. Um, for Murfreesboro, a running back slash linebacker, Ethan Finke, six foot. He and a lot of others, I uh, believe the local guys, took a picture. Some account uh, tweeted it, and we retweeted it. Um, Andrew Hellriegel. Hel- 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 we think we pronounced that right. 
I assume, uh, from six-foot quarterback from Carterville, so another local guy. Uh, quarterbacks of safety from Murfreesboro. Drew Caldwell was there also. Also from Carterville, defensive end slash tight end, Jordan Cordez, 6'4". Uh, we know they produce a, a power five tight end before, so if that's another tight end, maybe we need to scoop him up before it's too late. Yeah, that's 618 Athletics yeah. Twitter account posted. Yeah, all the local guys. Uh, Dawson Talent from Lutheran High School, where uh, Charles Young is from, an offensive lineman slash defense lineman, 6'2". He was there for 2023. Then Logan White, an offensive lineman from <laughs> Vianney, uh, where he took a picture with John Vollmer, I believe, for 2024. So... We're already looking at that. We know we offered uh, Brandon Jacobs' son. I believe he's only in eighth grade already, but that makes sense. That was we a know, while back. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> hey, a lot of recruits coming in, seeing us win, and that's just the more we bring in, the more we can talk about, the more exciting it gets. For we we listed so many twenty twenty two guys, so hopefully they. Hey, the more you win, the better players you're going to get. So it's great to see that the success on the field is working off the field and the recruiting and getting the community in shape. So it's great to see. And this was arguably our biggest day. We know we've had some big days in our prior two games, but having this many here, knowing, seeing the atmosphere, and it was perfect because it was homecoming, so they're able to see it because all of them mentioned the atmosphere, that it was it was the absolute best week to do it and have all of them here. They knew what they were doing in that sense. Yeah, you mentioned Logan White. Hardy looks good. Uh, at his size and age, so yeah, he'll keep he'll keep building. He'll he will be a monster at at this point. It also says he plays hockey as well, so he's an athlete. Uh, yes, you're right. The more you win, the more it shows. The more people you bring to these games that you're in on, we already have an incredible class. If if every year, if we can land guys, which I'm sure even as as Logan you know gets older and older, obviously he might end up getting more looks. But if we stay consistent, like we know we can, that we can definitely keep him around so yes i mean the perfect day to have it, the perfect day even though the game obviously you know you if however way you win is a win so no matter what and with the atmosphere it definitely is impressive to a lot of these guys and especially some of these local guys we like to have like newsome to keep him here especially if it seems like you know if he's from here obviously that maybe some of these kids dreams is to play at siu so making stuff like that happen is every every bit worth it. And then we mentioned, obviously the winning has to is also is a factor, obviously, but also producing quality talent like the likes of Jeremy Chin, who's thriving in the NFL. We were actually watching his game as we came on here and uh, he had seven tackles on the day today and they had a tough loss. They've lost three straight after starting three. and zero. we know they don't have like Christian McCaffrey on their team, but they've, he's done all he can. So even having guys get to the NFL, be successful We'll be talking about at some point late in the week how Ryan Neal and Michael Pruitt do on Monday Night Football and Ryan uh, later tonight on Sunday Night Football. So, yes, we'll keep it about it. So if you see guys like this, and especially if you get good alumni coming to the game like we did, and especially like like DJ Davis, if he, he took a picture with Coach Griffin, if he, if he was able to talk to some of the other running backs, that'd be great because he he's top three or whatever all-time in scrimmage yards. We know the great career he had here as well. So, it was a great weekend overall to get everybody here, to get this crowd here. Uh, and stinks that, I mean, we got there on time for the game, but if we got there early enough to walk around and see everything ourselves, it would have been great. So we hope everybody had a great time. It's it's great to be 6-1 and one and 4-0. and oh. uh, This is where we expected to be, and sometimes it hasn't gone pretty the last, especially the last three weeks. 
uh, hit or miss, but we talked about the bye week so much that it is coming at the perfect time. So no final thoughts. Yeah. Uh, challenges go one and zero each week, and we are doing that right now. Six and zero in FCS play. That's big time. Uh, we know we should have won that Kansas State game, but it's all right. But we've moved on from that. Yeah, bye week. Looking forward to it. Get healthy. Fix the minor things that we need to fix. Hey, well, look, we've we're four zero in Valley play yet to play our best football. That's the great outlook. This this team's going to continue to work every day to get better, and that's the great thing about this. And we're not done yet. We're gonna we're gonna continue to build on this momentum and going into this bye week, get healthy, then um, take our take our uh, team up to Cedar Cedar Falls and take down the Panthers. Yes, we got to keep this train of moving, and it's it's uh, great to point out, obviously, the fact that uh, you know we we dealt with some of the injuries we have, but knowing that we do get somebody like if we get Avante back at some point, Wormsley had a good game filling in for Calvin. It's just every bit of stuff like that that uh, you know moving forward that uh, we'll be in good we'll be in good shape. So, and we mentioned how the teams we're playing coming up have struggled. It's taking advantage of it. It's getting this rest before we hit the road. And like Donovan and Clayton have said, it's us against the world, and we'll keep it that way. That's how, that's how we like it. So uh, we mentioned how we will come up with another podcast later this week to cover the presser and all different kinds of things that we typically do. Like we said, we had to do today due to certain uh, situations earlier for early this upcoming week. So here we are on the Sunday, and we will see you guys later in the week uh, for the 6-1, and 4-0 dogs. That's the way we like it, and it's great to see. So until next time, we'll see you guys soon. For Nick Malone. No alerts. Go dogs.